0: This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. America's House of Representatives approved legislation that mandates federal recognition of same-sex marriages. Lawmakers from both parties voted in favor, bringing the result to 258 against 169. The bill had already been approved by the House in July but was revised in the Senate to address Republican concerns that it would damage religious freedom, bringing it back to the House for another vote. President Joe Biden will now need to sign the legislation into law. America's Federal Trade Commission sued to block Microsoft from buying Activision Blizzard, a video game studio. The trustbuster fears that Microsoft will, quote, harm competition by making Activision games, such as Call of Duty, exclusively available on the Xbox, Microsoft's console. Microsoft insists the deal would expand competition. Its $69 billion offer for Activision would be its biggest ever acquisition. Russia exchanged American basketball star Brittany Griner for Victor Boot, a notorious arms dealer, in a prisoner swap reportedly approved by President Joe Biden. Ms. Greiner was arrested in Moscow in February for possessing cannabis oil and spent time in a Russian penal colony. Mr. Boot, dubbed the merchant of death, spent 12 years in an American jail for conspiring to support terrorists and kill Americans. Beijing is fighting in its first significant COVID outbreak, after the Chinese government eased pandemic restrictions in a retreat from its zero-Covid strategy. Surging cases are putting pressure on China's healthcare system, as hospitals in Beijing have reportedly lacked fever medication and rapid antigen tests. A spike in infections is feared next month when millions of Chinese travel to their hometowns for the Lunar New Year. President Xi Jinping announced a, quote, new era in China's relationship with the Gulf States, as his country and Saudi Arabia agreed a series of strategic deals in Riyadh. Mr. Xi met Mohammed bin Salman, Saudi Crown Prince, before signing off on 34 investments in sectors including technology and energy. The two countries' leaders will meet every two years. Iran has executed the first prisoner known to be convicted for crimes related to the current nationwide protests, according to state media reports. Mohsen Shikari, described as a, quote, rioter by officials, was executed for allegedly injuring a security guard with a machete. On Monday, Iran's revolutionary guards called on the judiciary to issue swift judgments against those accused of Quote, "crimes against the security of the nation and islam" The EU's top court ruled that Google must remove data from its search engine results if users can prove it is quote, "manifestly inaccurate." The case before the Court of Justice of the European Union concerned two executives who wanted Google to remove search results linking them to criticism of their group's investment model. Google had initially refused to remove the content. And fact of the day, 3.6 million. The tons of carbon emissions generated by the Football World Cup in Qatar by official estimates.
1: And now here's a deeper look at the day ahead. China unleashes its population and inflation. China's draconian zero-COVID policy which relied on mass testing and lockdowns to quash outbreaks of the virus, had many economic side effects. It depressed consumer confidence, disrupted supply chains, and paralyzed business travel. But it also kept a lid on inflation. While central banks elsewhere have been fighting hard against advancing prices, China has been a non-combat zone of price stability. Figures released on Friday are likely to show that China's inflation which was only 2.1% in the year to October, fell again last month. But now that the government is haphazardly abandoning its zero-COVID approach, will inflationary pressure pick up? A scary exit wave of COVID infections may keep confidence, spending, and prices in check over the next few months. After that, however, China's economy could boom again driving up prices both at home and farther afield. In rejoining the global economy, China may also join and prolong the global battle against inflation. Russia's Struggles in Its Own Backyard On Friday, the capital of Kyrgyzstan, Bishkek, hosts a leaders' summit of the Eurasian Economic Union. The group consists of five ex-Soviet states, Armenia, Belarus, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, and Russia and aims to develop a single market like that of the European Union. The bloc's economic achievements are modest. It has signed some free trade deals with countries such as Iran and Vietnam, though a long-awaited deal with India is yet to come to fruition. But the EEU's real purpose is to serve as a vehicle for Russia to laud its influence over former Soviet territories. On this front, Russia faces several challenges. Its war in Ukraine spooked leaders in Central Asia, who fear that the Kremlin's aggression may yet turn eastwards. Moreover, China's economic influence in the region is growing. None of the bloc's members could afford to disentangle themselves from Russia entirely, yet the winds of change are blowing in Eurasia and not in the direction the Kremlin would like. Saudi Arabia cozies up to China When Xi Jinping leaves Saudi Arabia on Friday, he will have signed a stack of economic agreements and sent a none-too-subtle message to Joe Biden. The Chinese president met Saudi leaders, including the crown prince, Mohammed bin Salman, on his very first day in Riyadh on Wednesday. On Friday he will attend two summits, one with Gulf states, the other with a wider group of Middle Eastern countries. These are the largest ever such gatherings between Chinese and Arab leaders. The meetings underscore a growing relationship. China imports most of its oil from Arab states, It has signed $223 billion worth of investment deals and contracts with countries in the region since 2005. Increasingly, it is also a supplier of surveillance kit and military gear. Mr. Biden has urged Arab states, particularly those in the Gulf, to keep some distance from China. After a decade of often tense relations with America, though, they do not seem keen to listen. Britain thinks inflation has passed its peak. Interest rate setters at the Bank of England play a big role in Britain's economic health. The higher expectations of inflation drift, the more aggressively they will fight. On Friday, the bank publishes the results of a survey of the public that will shine light on its progress. In the poll's previous iteration, in August, Respondents expected annualized inflation to loiter around 3.1% in five years' time. If the latest expectation fails, it would support the case for gentler rate rises. Pantheon Macroeconomics, a forecaster, expects that annual inflation has peaked already in October at 11.1%, as shipping costs slump and food price rises slow. Moreover, a separate survey in the same month showed business expectations of inflation in three years' time falling to 4%, down from their highest level of 4.8%. Both figures are still well above the official target of 2%, but they seem to be moving in the right direction. Best Foot Forward at the World Cup As the World Cup moves from the smorgasbord of the last 16 teams to the refined offering of the quarterfinals on Friday, fans will have more chance to savor the qualities of the best players. Among the contenders for the Golden Ball, which is awarded to the tournament's best player, is France's forward, Kylian Mbappe. His combination of pace and power evokes memories of Brazil's Ronaldo. Stopping Mr. Mbappe will be a key focus of England's quarterfinal preparations. Another contender is Brazil's spearhead, Richarlison, who has scored three skillful goals and will aim for more when his team faces Croatia on Friday. Argentina will look to their talismanic star, Lionel Messi, to overcome the Netherlands later on the same day. Meanwhile, Portugal have relied not on the fading Cristiano Ronaldo, but on midfielder Bruno Fernandes and 39-year-old defensive stalwart Pepe. To progress on Saturday, they will need to find a way past Morocco's Yassine Bono, who saved two penalties against Spain. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 GMT on Friday to quiz Espresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Friday What is the largest desert in the world? Thursday Which set of Roman biographies was written by Suetonius? The winners of last week's crossword Thank you to everyone who took part in our new weekly crossword published in the weekend edition of Espresso. The winners chosen at random were Holger Janssen Hamburg, Germany Asit Raja Nairobi, Kenya Richard Lyon Greenwich, Australia. They all gave the correct answers of Jiang Zemin, Japan, Game, and Never. Check back tomorrow for this week's Crossword. Finally, here's the quote of the day from John Milton, who was born on this day in 1608. The mind is its own place, and in itself can make a heaven of hell a hell of heaven.